0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the ninth episode of our second season. I'm Dana. And I'm Jim. Today, we're chatting with our friend and author, Elisa Silverglade Ra- Raider. Almost messed it up again. <laughs> but first, beer. <laughs>
1: Today, today's beer is coming out of McKellar. Some people say Mickler. Uh, this brewery is located at City Field in Flushing, Queens, where the New York Mets play. Uh, it is a New England-style India Pale Ale. Uh, it's called What's Love Hop to do with it, and there's a likeness of Tina Turner on the can art. Pretty cool. Uh, it's coming in at 6% ABV. It includes Citra and Galaxy Hops. Um, and we've been to this brewery. Uh, we got Mets, free Mets tickets.
0: Free Mets tickets.
1: And The best Mets tickets. We were so excited about going to the brewery that yeah. day. And not really about the Mets game, because I'm a (laughs) Yankees fan. But that's okay. It was a lot of fun. Um, Just coming up uh, on their events list, I took a look. uh, March 2nd, they're hosting a Bottomless Brunch. Yes! For $40 a head, it's going to run from 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. That's how long the food's going to run. And that $40 includes uh, Bottomless Mickler beers. Which That's is pretty huge because
0: awesome. their beers yeah. are not cheap. So,
1: And uh, their menu is going to include Belgian waffles. Mm-hmm. You can get chicken and waffles. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have an egg frittata and they have Nooski's bacon. What is that? Nooski's bacon out of Wisconsin? It's like phenomenal bacon. I like meat. Wow. <laughs> Nooski's going to be there. It's pretty awesome. Uh, so check them out uh and it's a really cool space what do you think about yeah i liked
0: it a lot it was very very cool i'm interested yeah. to uh, try the beer so cheers cheers, cheers. officially welcome to the thank show you. thank you so much for coming let's uh taste this
1: super citrusy. Yum. you can taste the citrus. yeah the it's end.
0: very easy it's what is it only six
2: percent so it's super yeah. easy to drink
1: their beers are pretty awesome what do you think
2: it's like I like I like that brightness because mm-hmm. I and I always got confused with citrus because I don't like sweet. Right. So when's oh it's citrusy I'm not gonna like that it's sweet. yeah yeah but it's actually not sweet it's just got that like bright sharp fresh mm-hmm. taste fresh fresh
0: yeah I think it's delicious. I mean right
2: it right really is
0: line.
2: oh okay there
1: you go okay so you have some news to share on the podcast.
2: I do. I have news about my books. There's
0: multiple
1: books. Multiple books. Multiple books. There are two books. There are two
2: books. I'm holding it up as though people can see (laughs) it. Um, So you are an author two times. I'm an author two times, which I can kind of not really believe, but that's that's what happened. (laughs) (laughs) So it's two books. It's Meeting My Anxiety and the Meeting My Anxiety Companion book. Okay. Okay. So Meeting My Anxiety is the story. And then the companion book is a coloring book version of the book, but it also has a lot of extra material. It has many testimonials by people of all different ages about the anxiety that they experience. And it also has like some tips for handling anxiety. It has a longer meditation, um, some information about where anxiety comes from mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, so kind of together. let's back
0: up a little bit. Mm-hmm. You grew up in Ohio? Ohio. Yep. What brought you from
2: Ohio? Did you come directly to New York, go through someplace to get to New York? I went to school. Well, I started at Ohio State. Okay. I did not do very well there. <laughs> it was very big. Okay. Um, and I went to Elmira College in upstate New York. Okay. Elmira, New York, tiny mm-hmm. little school. And I actually did a lot of acting there, and I was encouraged to go to New York. Nice. be an actor. Nice. Only when I got to New York, I did not want to be an actor because I didn't want to be a bartender or a waitress because I had already (laughs) done that through college. Yeah. And I was like, now I'm a grown-up. A graduate. (laughs) You know, so I didn't really want to pound the pavement. So I I never did any acting. Gotcha. And instead I got a job. Okay. Uh, And... you know, I I was in it was at a financial firm. I mm-hmm. ended up getting my Series Seven. I went to work for Merrill Lynch. Oh wow! I got burned out big yeah. time and stopped. I went into other sales jobs. I worked for my uh, now ex husband's law firm for the last you know like fifteen twenty years. Mm-hmm.
0: So, and you were an editor those. Or no? No,
2: I mean, actually, I edit like on the side. Like, I oh. love editing. Okay. I love okay. Editing. So I always put myself out. There. If anybody needs anything, and uh, you need something red, I'll get gotcha. you the down and dirty on. Okay. You know, but I do. I editing is really, um, like the calling that I missed. Gotcha. Actually.
1: Did you take any writing courses at no. Elmira? No. no. What was I'm, your
2: major? I was an art major. Okay. See, I'm all over the place. I like so, it. So yeah, I was a, I was an art major, um, with a uh, concentration in sculpture. Wow, And it was a tiny little school so you could kind of like create your own curriculum. Mm-hmm. And I also did a lot of acting. Mm-hmm. And so like for example, I, w- I played Hedda in Hedda Gabler. Yeah. And then the following year I structured a course that was just me studying Ibsen And writing a paper about that's so cool you could do that and and Hedda and and women and you know all of you know all of the issues. This sounds like a great school. So I mean, you know, it was it it wasn't it wasn't. It was great for those kinds of opportunities, but it was very homogenous. Gotcha. We used to we called it a conservative arts school instead of a liberal arts school. It's like (laughs) completely white. I was like it was completely white. I was one of probably like maybe less than 20 Jews mm-hmm. on a campus of like maybe 1100 students. Yeah. and which was the size of my biology class at Ohio State. <laughs> so it was a huge huge difference. Yeah. But But he,
1: you enjoyed it and adapted better than the big classroom. Yeah. Classrooms I think it yeah, state. it
2: gave me more flexibility and um it, it, there was a lot of opportunity with the acting. I was able to kind of be the big fish in a small pond right. and get all these lead roles yeah. and um and the art, like, I, you know, one year they let me, they just gave me, like, this studio space, and I did an installation. I spent the whole summer, like, living in this space, and, like, I, I did this whole, like, tribute to the goddesses and <coughs> I trees, and yeah. I was like, I, you know, it was pretty cool. I, so, you know, I mean, in, at the time, I, I shat all over it, but, you know, now <laughs> looking back, it was a pretty good opportunity. You got
0: to express yourself yeah. how you wanted to. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So what got you from working at the law firm
2: to saying, I'm going to write a book? Well, that's not really how it happened. Um, what happened was, I wrote this poem about anxiety. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I, I've been in therapy for a long time. I started, well, not maybe not that long, but I started like probably around 40 and 47. I'll mm-hmm. be 47 in a couple of months. But, um, and also listening to this woman, Tara Brack, who is like a Buddhist... Teacher, psychologist, and she has podcasts that she's been doing like weekly for the past 20 years. And I used to, I would listen to the archives and I read a book by her about my therapist's recommendation, which kind of gave me this tool of personifying anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I started thinking about my anxiety as like a separate entity from myself. And I wrote this poem. And I shared the poem with just a couple people. And then Several months, I think months later, my therapist said, "Oh, you know, I know this woman who um, she has a publishing company and she publishes mostly books about you know inclusion and disability for children, mm-hmm. and maybe you'd like to write something and she actually thought I might want to write something about autism because my youngest son is on the spectrum okay, and I was like, "Oh well, you know, I had this poem, and I bet that would translate to a children's book wow um, and I, and so the po- with, the way I had written the poem was with, was with you know." The prose about the anxiety, and then I had italicized breathing exercises in through the nose, out mm-hmm. through the mouth, and I said, "Oh, that would look good you know across the top of the page and so I started kind of conceptualizing how it would go with a, with a children's book and so when I spoke to Tammy Keene, who's the publisher, sivan media relations is the is the name of her company. it's her and this gentleman Todd Sivan, and I connected with Tammy, and she loved the poem and loved the idea and it's such a big issue so she was like you know let's do it yeah and she found the artist Joyce Lingara who um, was an art student and I've never met her oh you wow know, just <laughs> you know just email and mm-hmm. texting just a couple phone calls and and we put it together we did it and then she said, you know, I always do, not always, but she recommends doing a coloring book version of the book, because mm-hmm. she just gives you an opportunity to sell more, and people like to color, and right. that kind of thing. But then I started thinking, well, I don't want it to just be a coloring book. Like, I want maybe some more, you know, I want, I mean, the the ultimate goal was for people to understand that most people experience anxiety. And it doesn't matter how old you are, it doesn't matter... Your background. People have anxiety about all different things, and so I, I, wanted, I had this idea to, like, do a survey, you know, oh. where people would answer questions about anxiety in the same terms that I used in the book. Mm-hmm. Nobody answered the survey. Not a single person. Oh wow! I put it up on the mom board. I put it up on Facebook. <laughs> Nobody did it. It's like <laughs> I, crickets. yeah, crickets. <laughs> I'm Like I don't know what to do here. So I just started asking people. Individually. Yeah. You know, you have kids. We you talk to your kids about this? Right. And and they did. And so I ended up getting, and I ended up getting a lot. And I have some friends who are in their 30s who I know have crippling anxiety. And I was mm-hmm. like, you know, will you tell me about your anxiety? And, and they did. And so I got all of that. And then I, well, I don't want to leave it just at that. You know, I want to give an example of a meditation, and I want to explain a couple techniques that have worked for me. Mm-hmm. So it, the the companion book turned out to be like almost double the size of the original That's book. That's amazing. involved material. Yeah, and they and it really <clears throat> works hand in hand, and it makes the combo kind of accessible to anybody because mm-hmm. it's a children's book because it's really bright and colorful, mm-hmm. but it's it's got some big vocabulary words. Okay, and it's really um, it's really for everyone.
0: Yeah. So did you, growing up, did you always know you had anxiety? Like what did it feel like? How would somebody recognize that maybe I have anxiety?
2: So I'll tell you, I always obviously knew what anxiety was. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's a word that people don't know. And right. I could have given you the definition of anxiety. But it wasn't until I was in therapy that I really realized that i was i had a lot of anxiety, mm-hmm. and for me, like I had I had stomach problems almost my entire life. Wow. in fact, at one point, I literally I legitimately had h pylori, which is like a bacteria that embeds itself in the stomach lining and that, it makes you like nauseous all the time and that's
0: caused from anxiety no not oh. necessarily but okay. that
2: was, that was at one point, but that gotcha. I got cured of that, yeah, but then I still always had like feelings of nausea and stomach pain and stuff like that I also um would this
1: come up before you would go on stage as well oh good oh, those feelings in college or a not? little
2: bit but you know what I love <clears throat> acting so much that I really that you were more excited yeah I had the yeah. butterflies initially yeah Um, but I never felt it on stage. Like, the minute I was on stage, everything disappeared, Mm -hmm. and I I just loved it. Mm -hmm. But I used, the anxiety dreams that I used to have when I was actively acting were about acting. Like, the the dream would be, like, I'm in the green room, and I'm putting on makeup, and I'm about to go on, and I have no idea what play we're doing. Oh, my God. Okay. You know, or, like, I'm literally on stage, and it's my line, and I don't know what my line
1: is. Would you wake up, like...
2: Yeah, and I would be yeah, up, yeah, and it would really it it you know, and it was this it's the version of, you know, being naked at school or whatever. It's that same like just caught unawares. Yeah. Um I don't really you know, I don't really have that anymore. But um but yeah, I mean so I mean, I was very socially awkward. I was very, you know, quote unquote, unpopular in school. I was bullied. Mm-hmm. I I um, had had a few friends, and it got better as, as as school went on. But I realize in retrospect now that I was experiencing social anxiety mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, I would walk down the hall like with my head down. Because I was so scared of rejection. Like I didn't want to say hi to anybody because I thought they won't say hi back. Oh. And so I just didn't say hi to yeah. anybody. And then I would like reconnect with people years after who would say, Oh, you used to be such a snob in high school. You never you know, know how people are perceiving that. <laughs> and I would think that's like just so sad because it was the opposite yeah. of snobbishness. Yeah. It was like literally the out the opposite. I
0: did want to be rejected. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I
2: didn't want to be rejected. And I and I Always felt like I was being rejected. You know, like any time I saw people gathering, I was certain they were talking about me. You know, so it was, it was, and it it was debilitating. Yeah. I didn't know what it was. Yeah. I didn't know what it was. And... Did uh, your
1: mother recognize this at all or... No. Okay.
2: Not really. Um, Father? No. And I I just had this flash of like, Anybody could listen to this podcast, so I probably won't get too yeah. personal yeah. in that regard, but to just say, like, no, it wasn't really right. We are around the same for, age, and I
0: feel like that generation, that just wasn't on their mind. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't a thing. Show, right. It was like, you haven't a pro- problem, deal with it. Figure yeah. it out.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, my mom would say, like, ugh, why would they be talking about you? Right. You yeah. know, which was kind of, like, not so nice, but it did, it did jolt me into like, well, yeah, why would they be talking about yeah. me? But, but, you know, and the, but the thing is, is, a little of that still lingers sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, if I see somebody in the grocery store and they're not that friendly, it, it takes me. But now I know the tools. So the right. tools I know now are to to like just tilt the frame and look at it differently. Like, could it could that person have have not said hi because they don't like me and they don't want to talk to me? Sure. Yeah. Could it also be because they're just trying to get their grocery shopping done in the right. fifteen minutes that yeah. they have, right. or that Whatever. their back is shitty hurting day. and they're having a shitty day, got into a fight with a spouse, right? Bad day at work. You know, there there's right. a myriad other reasons that they could be right looking straight ahead that have nothing to do with right. It. So now I know the practice of like resting in that. Yeah but i still get a I still get a twinge of it,
0: so how did you know you said at the age of forty you started going to therapy? How did you know you needed to go to therapy for this, or did I, you just I, well, go it wasn't and didn't realize for this, it was that.
2: actually for my marriage okay, so it was and it was just you know i had I had done therapy years before, and love therapy yeah, and I just hadn't and um my husband and I were in a really bad place in the marriage, and um I started therapy and and I'm still with the same therapist and um you know, it, it really just sort of started to come to light. Mm-hmm. And so I was, I was doing therapy, listening to these Tara Brack podca- podcasts, <laughs> uh, which really worked together. It was all kind of remarkable how no matter which one I listened to, even if I listened to a podcast from like 10 years ago, mm-hmm. it would somehow be something I had just talked about in therapy. Wow. And, and her stuff, her book, which my therapist had recommended, is called Radical Acceptance. Mm-hmm and i was like okay i'll read it because i'm very i'm very compliant you know like if somebody i view an authority tells me to do something i'm gonna do it so I'm like okay i have to read this book my therapist told me to Mm -hmm. i get the book and the the subtitle of the book is loving yourself with the heart of a buddha or something like that and i was like ah i don't want to read this book (laughs) you know because i'm like anti-religion and i'm like "Ah, buddhism forget it i'm like i don't want this you know my therapist really told me i should read it okay the book changed my life. I mean, wow. it was one of those books where you're reading it, and it I felt like, oh, my God, she wrote this book about me. You wow. know, like, it resonated so much. And it had these meditations, and then my therapist said, you know, she has a podcast. And she has been broadcasting weekly Dharma talks, you know, uh, Buddhist lesson talks mm-hmm. that are about, you know, 45 minutes to an hour each every week for the past, like, 20 years, and they're all on her website. Oh, wow. And, um... There, you know, it's all it's all you know similar themes. But she's wonderful. She has just the very funny jokes and anecdotes, and um, she's just lovely. Mm-hmm. And it's all it's very resonant. It's just about how we spend too much time in our thoughts, you know, and um, it's all just about living, you know, learning how to live in the moment without all of that thinking. Yeah, that kind of bogs us down. Wow, And uh, my therapist had done like a little meditation with me about, and, and by the way, all this stuff seems super, super cheesy when you first start, okay? And when I, w- when I went, went to therapy and, you know, she would talk to me about, I needed to show myself compassion. Self-compassion, self-care. And how do you do that? I had no freaking right. idea. Yeah, somebody like, tells don't you even that. I like, know what that means. Does right. that mean like getting a manicure? Right. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> right, <You> yeah. <laughs> and I really didn't understand it. And I don't even know that I can still even explain it so much as it's kind of like being the compassionate friend to yourself that you would be to somebody else. Okay. You know, so like if somebody else came to you, if a friend came to you and said, and I'm really struggling with this that or the other you know you would offer messages of it's gonna be okay and right. it's not your fault and you're right. doing the best you can mm-hmm. and like those are the messages that we need to get from ourselves Wow! yeah and for me the way I was raised I mean I guess that's just part of the story but you know my my mother you know didn't really give that to me yeah. I didn't really get those messages yeah. from my my parents from my mother I didn't really have a connection with her and I never really learned to trust my own inner voice. Mm-hmm. And I never really learned those, those messages. Yeah. And so I was continually in relationships with people who, you know, also didn't treat me with those messages, that everything was okay and that I was yeah. good and, and that kind of thing. And so that was a, that was a really big step in, in you know realizing and again it sounds cheesy like she, my therapist would tell me Jennifer is her name she would say picture picture who picture yourself as a little girl mm-hmm. you know as a little tiny girl and shrink her to like fit in the palm of your hand and keep her in your pocket and you take her out of your pocket and you give her love and it sounded so ridiculous I'm like that's the cheesy you're like thing rolling I your
0: eyes you're like all right
2: Jennifer you know? <laughs> I mean, she, it, and I like okay but. There's, like, this awakening where you you know what, I didn't get that nurturing. So mm-hmm. it's never too late to give it to yourself.
0: Yeah.
2: And so I do think about that sometimes. Like, I have this mental image of, like, giving my own little girl self, like, mm-hmm. hugs and love and, and support. And, and it works. Yeah. Like it actually, you know, you feel it. Mm-hmm. You feel it. And, you know, another thing that helps a lot is the idea of having, like, the team. Like, like and she started with, you have a fairy godmother who is it? I was like, eh, yeah, I don't like that image. You know, <laughs> but, it, but that, you know, but that idea of, and it could be, and it could be a real person in your life yeah. that actually is a source of comfort and support. Or if you're religious, it could be God. Mm-hmm. It could be any, it could be your dog. Right. You know, it could be it's fictional, non-fictional, anything. It's just that idea of who gives you love and support and acceptance yeah. and approval. And and picture yourself getting it from those sources whenever you need it, and mm-hmm. that's also like a very powerful thing. Like, yeah. oh, you can actually give it to yourself. You don't yeah. really need anybody to do
0: it. I've for never you. thought about it like that. That makes so much sense.
2: Yeah. So it's it's um, it's a journey, and, and so it's like you know you're given all these tools. Oh, you should do this, and you should breathe, and the godmother, and this, and you know, and you kind of just pick and choose what resonates. Because right. every it's not going to work for everybody. Right. You have to kind of be willing to try different things and and see how it goes.
0: Yeah. So after writing this book, are you... Have you been caught by the bug? Do you think you'll write more? Do you think you'll do one for adults? I know you said this can be for everybody, but it's really aimed to... Children, are you thinking? Well, maybe I'll. I was
2: thinking about doing more about anxiety and Mm -hmm. getting more specific, but then I was also thinking about maybe tackling some other emotions, um, and doing almost like a, you know, not necessarily a series, but because these tools work with other emotions, right? Um, Like what other? Give me an example. Like other. Well, like sadness or anger, for example, stress. You know, I mean, it's all it it all folds in, and the idea that like, did you see the movie Inside Out?
0: no heard so about it. it
2: it it was so fantastic because i had read after it that they actually got the brain chemistry right but inside out the 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 premise of inside out is it's this little girl and all her emotions are like personified little characters in mm-hmm. her brain and they're, they have a control panel that they fight over you know and joy is the one who's oh, mostly wow. in charge yes but sometimes anger comes in sadness comes in Discussed, oh, wow. you know and they and they kind of tell her what to say and what to do and they're fighting behind the scenes To mm. who's in control, right? That's so smart. It's so smart and it's, <laughs> but it's but this is like ancient Buddhist philosophy Okay, so they're like there's a story about the about the Buddha inviting Mara to tea and Mara is like war I think war and anger and bad stuff, mm-hmm. but the way that um, the Buddha handled it was invite Mara to tea and have a conversation. So it, it's this idea that when you recognize that your emotions are not actually who you are, mm-hmm. they're just kind of ancillary, mm-hmm. um, it, there's like a lot of power there. Because once you separate yourself, you don't have to be controlled by it. Right. So with anxiety, to me, the first step is just recognizing that you're having anxiety thoughts. Yeah. Because when you're admired in it, you know, it can feel like a bottomless hole. And Mm -hmm. it can feel like your world is falling apart when nothing is actually happening. Right. You know So it's like to be able to say, you know, oh, I'm having anxiety thoughts and nothing and, and what's what's really happening. Yeah. What's really happening right now. In my case, most of the time nothing is actually happening. Yeah. Really nothing. Yeah. Like it's just I'm I'm upset that Something's not going to work out with my kids, with my ex, with my family, with friends, whatever. And it's not, it's not making really... making a out
1: of a molehill. Yeah. Really.
2: yeah. Yeah. But it also serves a purpose, right? Cause anxiety serves a purpose because anxiety might let you know that you need to study harder for the test or okay. anxiety yeah. can make you feel uncomfortable in a situation where you should feel uncomfortable, where there's a okay. safety issue. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's not like it's not there. For any reason, right. So that's the next part of it is is um, you know kind of asking the anxiety. You know, what do you want? Why are you here? Right you now, and in my case, for me, it's almost always my anxiety. Almost always, just wants to hear that I can handle anything that comes my way.
0: It's good that you know that now and recognize yeah. that. I spoke to a friend yesterday who listens to the podcast, and I told her you were coming. I explained the book, and she was super excited. She deals with anxiety. She also takes medication now. Mm -hmm. And she said she didn't realize how anxious she was and how much anxiety she was riddled with until she was on meds. And she was like, oh, this is how I'm supposed to feel. Right. And I was so intrigued by that. She's like, you have no idea. Like, you think it's normal. Like, you know it's not, but that's your normal. You think it's normal. And until you're not doing it, you're like... Oh, yeah, okay. that oh, was this bad. is
2: what it can be, yeah, absolutely. And I used to wake up with i mean my stomach would be like tight as a rock when you'd when wake I would up, wake up in the morning, and I would struggle for that first breath that i because I'd think to myself like I'm just you know just you know, breathe in and breathe out, and I'm gonna relax my belly, relax my belly, relax my mm-hmm. belly. And then it was tight again by the time I took the next inhale. Like, wow. that's how gripping it was. And I was also be gripped by like procrastination and, and non productivity. Like, I, I could sit there, sit on the couch, and just go inside my head mm-hmm. for like hours and not do anything. And overthink, overthink things, overthink everything. And, yeah. everything. And and it's obviously, it's an ironic twist because the, a lot of the pressure is from not doing anything. Right, <laughs> right, you know, right, right. You know. Um, <laughs> it's like a circle. <laughs> it's a circle. Yeah. It's a circle. So, um, and you know, it's not about really being free of it. It's more about learning how to manage it mm-hmm. and recognize it for what it mm-hmm. is, you know, and, and to just give it what it needs, that idea, which again was super, super cheesy when Jennifer would say, you know, what did your anxiety want from you? And I'm like. What the? What does that mean? What does my anxiety want from me? I I am my anxiety. How do yes. I know? You know? Right. No, no, no. You're not your anxiety, yeah. and that's where you know the separation starts. Right. So that's where the encouragement comes to personify the anxiety. So like one of the one of the activities that I have in the book is I have a blank page to, that encourages kids or people to draw their own anxiety, mm-hmm. and it says, you know, what color is it? How big is it? Does it look like a person or an animal? Does it have facial fit? features you know so like as you start to ask these questions mm-hmm. you, you you can you really can develop a picture yeah of your anxiety that's different from you right and talk to it yeah and that without so I had made this acronym goal G O A L greet your anxiety with O, open arms it's just a feeling and feelings are okay a ask your anxiety what it needs. Why is it there? And L let your anxiety know that you can handle it. That's great. Because it's really like this this process, and like, and the thing is, is that the methods in this book. I mean, I really use them every day mm-hmm. because it's like you're not, you're never done with it. If you're a person who is um, subject to anxiety, it's kind of going to be there a lot.
0: Yeah. So, I never thought. Until this very moment, I ever felt anxiety or anything. I I just I guess I just thought like, like my friend who said it was very crippling for her, mm-hmm. and I thought that's just what it was. Right, and right, I don't right, feel right. that. But you said earlier about the dream you had. Uh huh. I have a reoccurring dream, not that often, but I have the dream I'm in you high school.
1: Problem that you dream about me all the time.
0: <laughs> not that dream. That's the next that's episode. <laughs> <clean>. <laughs> so I have a dream that I'm in high school, and it's like the first week of high school, and in my high school they would give you like your schedule, like a little piece of paper before you memorize it and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So it's like the second, third day of school. I don't know where my schedule is. I don't know where I'm supposed mm-hmm. to be, but nobody seems to care. Mm-hmm. I'm the only person. Yeah. Like I'm wandering around and like other teachers are like, oh, Dana, it's fine. Just hang out in here. Right. I'm like, well, what the hell does that mean? right, right. Because right. I feel stressed out that I don't know where I'm supposed to be. But nobody else, they all seem fine with it. So you mentioned that. I'm like, oh, I guess that's and anxiety. And I also that, that
2: dream too, actually. Really? Like, same exact dream. Oh my God, like that's it crazy. Like, or it wasn't the first day of school. Yeah. It was like the third or fourth day of yes. school. I don't know where my schedule is. I don't know where I'm supposed this to be. This is bugged out. What? Yeah, or like <laughs> I'm coming into the classroom and there's a test, but I don't even know what the subject yeah. is. Like yeah, yeah. And that all, you know, that morphed into the acting ones when I started acting. But yeah, yeah it's that same feeling of just being unprepared for... For what's happening, and you know it's interesting though that you have those dreams, but you don't feel like you have anxiety thoughts. No,
0: that's awesome. But I'm curious with the dreamings. I feel I, the part that I understand in the dream why I feel like oh Mm -hmm. I don't know what I'm doing, but more curiously to me is that nobody else seems to care. They're all like oh it's fine.
2: Well, I mean (laughs) maybe that is you know you know, testament that you're handling the anxiety and that all you need is, like, maybe the days that you have those dreams yeah. are the days I need that you this an moment yeah. that you were worried about something. Because it can be on, If there's a spectrum, obviously. Yeah. You, you know, you can be somebody who rarely has an anxious thought or somebody yeah. who is crippled by anxiety. Right, right. You know, um... And I, I think that medication obviously can help a lot of people. Yeah. But I think a lot of people can be helped by learning these tools that yes. I've learned. Because yes. it really just becomes like, it's you know, your brain's a muscle. Right. You know, so when you exercise your brain and you teach it a different thing that you do, mm-hmm. you know, by rote, then it just, that part becomes natural to do that.
0: So in the beginning, these were introduced to you, thought, oh, whatever. Mm-hmm. How long did it take you... To be like, oh, this is cheesy. Like, oh, this is starting to work now.
2: Mm, really I'm know. assuming
0: it's a while.
2: I mean, I guess it was a few years. Yeah,
0: I would assume so, too. Like, it's not going to be overnight. No,
2: it isn't. And it, it's not like, it, it's like little things click right. you know, here and there. Right. You know, or, and like, um, yeah, just the way of thinking about it, I guess. Yeah. And I'm not really sure how long. Yeah. Um, but I do wish I'd had these tools at a much younger age. Right. And you know, doing the getting these quotes was just so heartbreaking because these kids, or these kids, it's mostly the older kids, that were, um, so heartbreaking because they're here, they are on the precipice of life, mm-hmm. right? They're in high school and they have all this anxiety and they don't even know what's coming, yeah. you know. And it's like, um, so what I had done is, and I can just read you a couple really quickly. Yeah, please. I can ask the kids. Basically, the same, the same way that I approached the book was, um, you know, what, what does your anxiety look like? How does it feel in your body? Mm-hmm. What does it tell you? You know, so, you know, Addie, 17, feels anxiety around people, new environments, or social settings. She feels nauseous, short of breath. I get a fight or flight response, sweaty. I stutter. Words get mixed up in my head. I'm clumsy, forgetful, tense. I feel muscle tension. I'm picking at skin or my clothes. My anxiety looks like I'm sad on the outside, tearful, overly hyper. It tells me I'm disappointing others. I feel the shame of being stuck, being embarrassed.
0: That's a lot. Wow. Wow.
2: Aaron, 17, gets anxious from school, thinking about the future, trying to do my best and one thing goes wrong, opening up about problems he feels blood rushing cold stiff joints fuzzy cloudy head anger anxiety feels like anger tantrum sleepy shaky fidgety i push people away it tells me that i'm not going to do good i'm not good enough for anybody with anything nobody likes me that i'm a loser wow that's so open and honest too so open and honest my friend jordan who actually wrote she's 32 she wrote she, when i asked her to write is this is my sweet Jordan, she wrote me like this three pages. Oh wow! You know, <laughs> You're like You're I, a need quick I need a quote. <laughs> <Yeah>. I need a
1: quote. I didn't need a dissertation. I just needed one but quick. But she needed to write it. You yeah. Know? And yeah.
2: She's thirty-two. My anxiety manifests as experiencing every single thing I do or think as a struggle. Every minor task is an arduous project. Every inconvenience is catastrophic. My anxiety is the chest monster. It feels like itchy fabric that's unwearable and grows to a clenching, burning, throbbing pain. What the chest monster doesn't tell me is that the quality of my day is not determined by the location of my keys. It tells me I'm dying. I roll my eyes and brush it off until the next time. Wow.
0: Are any of the people that have quotes in the book, are they in therapy or they're just opening up to you and just telling you this is how it feels? Wow.
2: I don't even know. Oh, Wow. I mean, it's so poignant, you know? Yeah. It's everybody. My friend Flora, 32, she's an actress, Mm -hmm. um, successful. Uh, I mean, you know, works, has parts, movies, TV shows, plays. What I believe causes my anxiety is that my brain and my nervous system are trying a little too hard to keep me safe where there isn't actually any danger. Mm. In my day-to-day life, I get anxiety when I don't know where I stand with someone. If I think I might have disappointed them or that... They might be angry with me. I, I have a huge fear of making people angry. Also I get anxiety in winter when it's cold and dark. I wish I could be a bear and hibernate through all of winter. How it feels in my body is awful. There's a tightness in my stomach and in my neck and I get really tired. Sometimes I feel like I can't move, like I just need to lay perfectly still for hours. I imagine my anxiety looks like a miniature version of me. I imagine she's always looking around, alert, fists up, ready to protect me from whatever is coming. My anxiety tells me to hide. Get under the covers and don't come out. The world out there isn't safe. She thinks she's helping me by telling me this, but she's wrong. I always have to remind myself of that when I hear her voice telling me to hide.
0: Wow. And people probably see her as probably extroverted oh, and like yes. positive. She's and, yeah. totally like and bubbly you, yeah. and fun
2: and laughing and wonderful and beautiful. And
0: You never know what people are dealing with.
2: You never know.
0: I think it is amazing and wonderful that you've made this book.
2: Thank you. It's, so... When did it officially come out? This is pretty brand new, right? Yeah, November twenty ninth, yeah. Is the publication date.
0: Where can people year.
2: find your book? It's on Amazon.com. Okay. It is um, at Civin Media dot com. Okay. Which is the publisher. Um, it is available locally in Croton nice. at Upper Village Blooms, nice. which is a beautiful boutique, flower gift shop. Mm-hmm. Um, it is also available at Third Universe Comic Book Store. Nice. And Yoga Soul. Perfect. So it's three places in the city. And I actually think it's available in other places as well that okay. I don't know about. Okay. So
0: um, Just Google the name of the book, listeners. I'm sorry? Uh, the... Listeners, just Google the name of the book and they can find it, right? Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. Meeting My Anxiety and Meeting My Anxiety, a companion book. Thank so, you. Yeah.
1: you currently live in my hometown. I, uh, right. I <laughs> yes. do.
2: I do. The beautiful Croton on Hudson.
1: Capriccio's one or two?
2: <laughs> I'm sorry to say I'm a Prontos girl, which probably you don't Okay, know. we're not going to talk about I was going to say. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> dogs or cats?
2: Both. Uh, I mean, I like dogs. I can't. I live in Half Moon Bay. I can't have dogs. Understood. But I had a dog and um, she passed away last year. Sorry to hear that. Yeah. Will, but you, in be fact, getting, will is, you be I getting know,
1: another dog? Do you think I
2: will? Not in Half Moon Bay, I will, okay. but maybe in my next place. And nice. I know, I know that the uh, the listeners can't see it, but
1: uh, this, favor- this favorite favorite. Oh, oh, look at that! That's yeah. great. That's
0: right. We'll take a picture of that and put it on our Instagram. Yes. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Isn't that great? Uh,
1: favorite part about living in Croton?
2: Just the beauty, just the natural beauty. I love living by the water. I love that you know drive. Um, up 129 mm-hmm. with the trees overhead and driving by the dam. I just feel so like enriched daily by being in a place nice. that's beautiful. And also the people. I love I I think that Croton is is unique in in just the type of people that live there. I mean, I'm just constantly blown away by, like, how sweet everybody is. Not everybody, of course, but, like, but you know, but I just I just find people to be extremely warm. Everyone's a neighbor for the most yeah. part. Yeah, which is yeah.
1: great. Well, thank you so much for coming on. My pleasure. Thank um, you for yeah, having this
0: is, me. This is great. Very informative. I learned something about myself. Good, good. <laughs> Um, if you guys are thirsty for more, Jim, where can they find us?
1: You guys can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Breaker, Spreaker. Stitcher. Stitcher. I always forget. That I one. know. <laughs> <laughs> and anywhere you like to listen to your podcasts, um, go to Amazon and look for the book Meeting My Anxiety and the workbook or coloring book that comes along with it, uh, gifted to a friend of yours that you know that suffers from anxiety and we will talk to you guys soon.
0: Bye.